Well, hi, how are you? Or how do you do? I was uh, talking on the pre-podcast show earlier today about how I said something silly. I said, how do you do? And my friend Bean, all the way in England, uh, clipped that audio out and sent it to me on the, on the WhatsApp. So hi, I'm Frank Murphy, and this is the After Show podcast on Mountain Fun Life. We do the Morning in the Mountains show around about 10 o'clock mornings here on Mountain Fun Life. We place the audio of that on all the podcasting services so that you can like, share, and enjoy the podcast version of it. Listen to it in your car. As you're, uh, well, ideally, as you're driving to the Smoky Mountains for vacation. So that can't happen just yet. But when we get to that point in life, we'll be able to uh, to have some fun and do that. But uh, we also have the video version of it. As I'm recording the podcast, you can watch me do it live and see all the behind-the-scenes stuff here on the Mountain Fun Live Facebook page. And that's where I will see your comments come streaming in, I hope. Because I've got it going here. Let's see. It looks like, oh, Michelle Allen Yanglin is watching again. Good afternoon, Michelle. And uh, thank you all for tuning in already so quickly to the podcast. I've got that set up. If you're watching, you can see that I got my phone over here on the tripod so I can see the comments at eye level. And down here, today I wrote a list of topics because I have so many things. There's so many things that I always say I'm going to talk about on the show. And then... Um, so many things I'm going to talk about on the show, and then I don't always get to them all. So I made a list. So this way, when I don't get to these, I'll still have the list for next week. <laughs> I had to say hi to Aaron Campbell. Thank you very much. Aaron Cody Campbell was making some big announcements on Facebook last night about the Secret City Improv Fest. Aaron, like me, was has been hugely influenced by the Gatlinburg Improv Fest over the past nine years. Or eight years, nine events, eight years. That's the way ordinal numbers work. i got to remember. And uh, so he wants to start up a companion improv fest out in Oak Ridge, the secret city. That'll be ideally October 9th and 10th or 8th and 9th. Help me out uh, with that, Aaron. Is it going to be October? I know I have a gig on the Friday. Uh, I'm seeing the Friends of Literacy uh, East Tennessee Writers Hall of Fame induction ceremony on Friday, October, whatever. And then... Um, but he'll have two nights of the Improv Festival out there in Oak Ridge, kind of modeled after the Gatlinburg Improv Fest that was created by Krisha. Krisha Brooke is watching. Hello, Krisha. How are you? I love you. I hope you see you again soon. Uh, Greg Tuck is watching, I think, from South Carolina, if I recall. And it, uh, my image of you, Greg, is... <laughs> that sounds crazy. Is tiny. But uh, it looks like you might have your Mountain Fun Life sticker in there. And uh, Kira is commenting that we need a Frank Murphy Improv Fest where everyone has to be Frank. Let me be Frank. That would be hilarious. Coincidentally, the mayor of Anderson County, which is where Oak Ridge is, is named Frank. It's her last name, Terry Frank, but her name, last name is still Frank. So uh, all of those things are happening today, and here's the list of things that I brought. And if you don't like them, that's fine. We, we won't do them. It's, but if you comment on any one of these number of things, we'll get into it. Obviously, we can talk about improv with with Krisha and Aaron Campbell watching. We, I'm happy to talk about improv. I could talk about improv literally forever because you always add. You just accept an ad. That's how it goes. You never run out of material in improv. That's the beauty of it. Um, so I'll start off with the – we'll talk about the meme that I put out. I kind of borrowed it from a f other actors and people about the uh, stay home just like when your performer friends invite you to their shows meme <laughs> – Talk about that a little bit. I watched the sequel to Phantom of the Opera last week. It was terrible. I'd love to tell you more. I am cleaning my pool every day, and it's the only. It's relaxing. It's even though I know I'll never finish cleaning it. That's part of the Zen of pool cleaning. I've had my my psoas massaged repeatedly for the past month, which is an embarrassing and awkward situation, and it might be funny for you to hear about that. And perhaps something to start off with is a story I read, I can't even believe it, the Belgian government, this is a rumor, so don't take this for face value, but I, the reason I jumped on it, as a talk show host would, is it's so ridiculous, you have to think, oh, you know what, let's, uh, let's uh, just extrapolate this out. They're saying in Belgium that the government might, might want to require their people to have social bubbles in which you would have to choose 10 friends, and that's your bubble, and, or family members. You get 10 people. Ten family members and or friends total, and they can't overlap. So if my wife is in my social bubble, she's done. 
<laughs> she can't be in anybody else's social bubble. So the two of us would have to agree together on who the other eight people in our social bubble are going to be. So that would be horribly, painfully awkward. Can you imagine? Because there's some of us in the world would have no one. We'd be alone in our social bubble because we're shy and we're afraid <laughs> to invite people in. And others would be overrun with people trying to get into the social bubble of 10 people only. <sighs> and you'd be leaving someone out. You know, no matter how you do it, you'd be leaving someone out. So if you had a social bubble and you only could put 10 people in it and there can't be overlap, I mean, you know, you'd kind of have to talk about generally couples. They say they want the triads are good. So if you're, if my wife and I are in a social bubble, it would be good to have a friend and his or her wife, husband, spouse, partner in the social bubble, because that way you've all got that interconnectivity and you're limiting the number of bubbles and everyone's covered. So I don't know. I'm anxious about that. That's, I don't think it'll ever get to that here because you know why? Because a lesson I learned in a convenience store parking lot. I learned a lesson in a convenience store parking lot. I was doing a, a live broadcast from the... <laughs> Uh, Weigel's. It was a Weigel's, a grand opening of a Weigel's. And I'm standing there with Kurt Weigel himself. Now, he's the next third, he's maybe the third generation of Weigel's, right? But he's standing there, and it's a new store. And some guy drives in and drives across parking spaces, across the handicap space, and across multiple parking spaces, and just parks, however, He's covered, taken up like two spaces, maybe three. It doesn't matter. It's a brand new Weigel's. He's just driven in. So imagine if the spaces all go, you know, this way. He's at a 90-degree angle. just driving across them because there's nobody there yet. And then he parks. And I said to Kurt Weigel, I said, hey, should you tell that guy? Because what do I know, right? I'm just a DJ. I'm just uh, – should you tell that guy that's not how to behave in a Weigel's parking lot? And Kurt Weigel <laughs> smiled at me and leaned a little back on his heels. And he said, you know. My daddy taught me, you can't retrain the customers. You can't control them. You can't retrain them. They're going to do what they're going to do. And he's right. You know, we are, and that's part of our, our issue right now is we're in a world where we want to control what other people do. You have to wear a mask around me. You have to stand six feet away from me. You have to. You can't go down the supermarket aisle in the opposite direction in which I'm traveling. This is a one-way aisle, sir. I, you know. I haven't even done this in real life yet. I'm just imagining, improvising. But you can't control other people. You want to. You try to. But it doesn't work. So what if you had the attitude of the guy who makes his money off of people at the convenience store? You know? You can't retrain the customers. They're going to do what they're going to do. The guy came in to buy a pack of smokes or whatever he's going to do, and he drove all catty corner across the open parking spaces. It didn't hurt anybody. And now he's parked, and now he's in the store spending money. I'm not going to criticize him. Let him do what he's going to do. So you can work out your system. I mean, if you've got a store, I guess you could put up the plexiglass so that the guy doesn't spit on you or cough on you while he's trying to light up the next smoke. <laughs> you can put up a sign that says, you can't smoke in the store. And that'll be obeyed to a point, but you all know. You've been to a convenience store where you see somebody sucking down the last drag of their cigarette and then leaving the lit cigarette on the bricks, on the little mortar between the bricks, just outside the door of the convenience store, they go in as fast as they can, buy whatever it is they want to buy as fast as they can, and come back out and pick up that cigarette off the brick where someone else's cigarette had been just minutes before. And they continue smoking it while they pump their gas. You can't control <laughs> the customers. That's what I'm trying to say. That's my message for today is you can't you can't control the customers. You can't retrain the customers. They're going to do what they're going to do. So we're in a world now where the whole world is telling us that we need to retrain the customers. Whether it's Dollywood, they have to retrain the customers to not stand so close together. You know, imagine waiting in line for cinnamon bread. Have you ever seen how many people are waiting in line for cinnamon bread? It's a room the size of this tiny little radio studio, and there's probably, what, 20 people in there? <laughs> Everybody got to get your cinnamon bread. Don't want to leave any space in the line because someone might cut. So we have to reach, so I guess to a certain degree, we all have to be retrained, but it's something that we want to do, right? We want to allow a little extra space between myself and the next person. So because we want to do it, it'll happen. 
But if someone tells us we have to do it, uh, <laughs> then it becomes becomes a thing. Also, I want to say uh, good morning to uh, Jerry, who knows when I, I do love a good-looking Weigels. And I do, I hate to say this, but I do differentiate between the old Weigels and the newer good-looking Weigels. So if we drive by one of the rebuilt Weigels, and eventually they're going to rebuild them all. They're knocking them down and rebuilding them and popping up new ones wherever they can. They went on a, a spree a few years back buying up real estate when real estate was cheap. And they held it, didn't build the thing. And then when real estate prices went up, but construction prices went down, that's when they started their build, building all these waggles all of a sudden. They know what they're doing. But anyway, I love it when I see a good-looking waggles. So uh, Jerry points that out, and uh, she says, hey, to Krisha, who's watching. And Krisha, who's a, a dear friend of mine for a long time, says, you scared a preteen at Walmart last week. Now, is the preteen one of yours? because <laughs> that's how long I've known you. I've known you since your, your preteen was in utero, I believe. Um, and Or maybe she is a teenager by now. I think she might be a teen. Anyway, so Krisha scared a preteen at Walmart who started to push her cart out of the way. <gasps> so Krisha gave her the mean eyes, gave this kid the mean eyes, and said, don't you dare touch that. Notice how I'm uh, putting in character voices into the comments on Facebook Live. Don't you dare touch that. And then she stopped a couple on the greenway for not giving space. Oh. <gasps> Well, Krisha. So Krisha is, is you're, you're the flipping <laughs> social distance police over there. <laughs> we can get you a job at the Ministry of Truth. <laughs> well done. So what happened, Krisha, when you stopped a, gr a couple on the Greenway? Now, I assume if they're a couple, they, they can be as close together to each other as you want, right? If Jerry and I are walking down the Greenway. But if we're walking side by side, then what? Because this actually, now that you mention it, Jerry and I went for a walk on the, the Greenway-ish, I guess it's called a Greenway, over at All Saints uh, Catholic Church on Cedar Bluff. They've got a lovely walking trail around, and I was trying to figure out, what do you do? I mean, I'm supposed to walk side by side with my beloved bride, but when there's someone jogging at us the other direction, and it's a narrow path, I walked off into the grass. I, I went like 20 feet out of the way, because I didn't know what to do. So is that what you're talking about, is this couple is coming down the greenway and you're trying to go past them either the same or the opposite direction and they're not letting you by? They were walking side by side and she was coming close and they didn't line up okay. So this is a new rule. I didn't realize this. If you're out in public walking, double file. Remember double file, single file from school? This used to be a thing. We always had to teach us double file or single file. We had to know whether we were double file or single file. And if so, if they're double file, then I have to single file it, or no, they're, no the, the the couple has to switch to single file. Still, I don't think the I don't think the greenway pathways are big enough to do the proper six foot social distancing. I don't think they are. Hmm. I still like the idea. Maybe you've seen this on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter because people just copy and share the same thing over and over again. Uh, Rich Haley told me the guy was some guy with an oxygen thingamajig up his nose like my mom has it's, it's really good They're, it helps her breathe she's much more pleasant when she has it plugged in <laughs> sorry mom <laughs> but anyway uh that thing so he obviously has compromised you know uh comorbidities pre-existing conditions yada, yada yada and he had cleverly taken pool noodles six foot pool noodles and attached them to a hat so that he had a pool noodle in front of him it's like the, the, the prayer of St. Patrick, a pool noodle in front of him, a pool noodle to the side of him, a pool noodle behind of him. Uh, yeah, if you want to look up the, the prayer of St. Patrick, you might get a kick out of that joke. Michelle Allen Yenglin, who's my Catholic friend on here, might get the joke. Uh, anyhow, so he had a pool noodle in every direction, and that kept people six feet away from him in every direction because it's not just six feet on this side. It's got to be six feet in every way, you know. It's got to be a six-foot radius, not a... I think, as I'm doing my, remember my geometry correctly. So that's kind of complicated. Uh, and my wife pointed out that when we were doing our walking, every time someone came the other way, I said, uh-oh, <laughs> every time. <laughs> I, didn't, I guess I was upset. Uh-oh, here comes a person. And they're jogging. They might be spraying sweat at our, at our direction. <sighs> well, thankfully, I think, you know, I'm, I'm able um, to have enough, room at home we have a we're empty nesters at our house you know our kids moved away long ago we probably should have downsized by now but it means that i have a lot of extra space around the house 
So I can, um, if I need to go take a walk, I can just go take a walk around in my own yard and not have to worry about it. The dog, you know who needs to social distance are the dogs. That's, that's who needs to social distance are the pets. And I heard this might be a thing. I, I read somewhere that they might actually make pets social distance from one another. And if that's true, okay, that's fine. But I, what I want them to do is to social distance their rear ends from my lawn. It's like, hey, get off my lawn. So I'm able, because I'm home more, is to, uh, to when the people are walking their dogs on their, my front lawn, just awkwardly stand there. Hi, how are you? <laughs> and they pull the dog, you know, into the street, and then the dog has to go poop somewhere else. Can't poop on my property. So, um, all right, there, there we go. There's a little bit of the uh, social distancing. We can come back to that if you want. But Krisha has said, let's hear about the awkward massage. Because what, what's more fun than an awkward massage? I was outside doing the proper whatever, gardening, social distancing. I was out there by myself. And it was at the beginning of spring, so it's about a month ago now. And I was pruning the old fig tree, if you know what I mean. And I uh, decided that last year the fig tree had gotten too big and I hadn't pruned it back. So I was going to cut it back this year, and it's been slow to leaf out. And, of course, it's also been cold. But I may have ruined the fig crop for this year, but it's one of those things. Every couple of years, you got to prune back the fig tree or it's just going to get enormous. So I cut it back to, like, chest height. And then I'm bending over and picking up the twigs that I've cut off. And because I'm this way, I tried to plant as many of the cuttings in the ground as I could, seeing if any of them would catch on. Now, it's been too cold, and I doubt any of them are going to survive. I did give one to the neighbor uh, across the street, and they say they've gotten it to leaf, to give to, to bud, so that's good. Maybe my neighbors across the street are going to grow a fig tree from my cuttings. Now, granted, I had to, like, leave it in the middle of the road and run away, and then they had to walk out to the middle of the road and grab it and take it back to their, back to their yard. So the clippers I used for the fig are the nice big ones. They're, that was fine. The issue I had was really with the bending and the squatting, and, the, and I wasn't doing proper bending technique. So you have to suck in and tighten up your, your core, you know, navel spine, and before you go bending over. So I'm bending over, and I'm jamming these twigs in the ground, and I'm doing fine, I think. But I, I'm sore. I'm tired when it's over. And then the next day is a day I was supposed to come here to Mountain Fun Life, and I bend over to spit out my toothpaste at, in the morning as I brush my teeth. And that is when the sharp pain shoots through my back. So I've aggravated a bulging disc in my back or whatever it is I've done. So I immediately have to call Kira or text Kira and say, I'm not going to make it. I have to cancel the, my event at Mountain Fun Life that day. So she and Savannah did the show. And I went to the chiropractor and they're like, Oh, you've aggravated that disc in your back. I said, I know. I did this six or seven years ago, and I know what it means. I'm, I'm grimacing with pain because I'm visualizing myself doing this. Saying, I bet you I'm going to need the awkward massage. Although I think I've called it by its proper term, which is the psoas massage. So the psoas muscle, P-S-O-A-S. I Googled it last night to see what it looks like because they were telling me, as I'm getting my psoas massaged, you know, yours is really firm. And I said, that's ironic because everybody wishes that you had rock-hard abs, right? Wouldn't you wish to have firm muscles on your abs? Well, my firm muscle in that area is on the wrong side. It's under the intestines instead of on the in front. So under all my flab and under my gut, I've got rock-hard psoas. But apparently that... Um, will cause pain because the psoas is the muscle that allows you to bend over and all the different things. So if they can unlock that psoas, then I'll be able to stand up straight again and the pain will go away. Now, how did I know all of this? Because six or seven years ago, I did basically the same thing. I was bending over, sticking twigs in the ground, trying to grow a fig tree. Swear to goodness, that's the exact thing, the same thing. I did it again, but time has elapsed and I forgot. So I was bending over, jamming twigs in the ground, trying to grow a new fig tree from twigs. And I think I'm fine until all of a sudden you bend over to do something innocent, and uh, there you go. You're done. It's, it's done. So that was a Friday, and I, that's six years ago, and I had to go rushing off to the chiropractor. I'm like, oh, we're closing at 5.30, sir. You better hurry up and get here. Plus, we're going on vacation next week, so you'll have to find a different chiropractor next week if, if you don't get here tonight. So I get there at 5.15. Cancel plans, whatever I have to do. I have to take day off. I, and I don't know what I did. I got there at 5.15, and these 
God bless these chiropractors because they're like, well, you need to go in to the therapy room and the physical therapists are going to have to give you the psoas massage. At this point, I don't yet know that the psoas massage is the awkward massage. So you're, so, all right, I'll go, I'll go, okay, I got it. You go in there and they're like, um, you probably should maybe uh, just put on these athletic shorts or whatever they give you. They give you some other shorts to cover your private areas. But they, it's, and they have to kind of jack them down a little bit to reveal your hips. Your hips have to be exposed. And they, because they were about to go on vacation, and I needed both sides of my psoas done, rather than do one side and then for 10 minutes and then do the other side for 10 minutes, like, we're going to give you the doubly awkward double psoas. So they clear the curtains. I'm laying there on the table. And I got a therapist on one side of me. I got a therapist on the other side of me. And they just start pounding your psoas and it is excruciating and you're laying there thinking this is this really happening do i have these two women both beating the ever-loving crap out of my hips on either side and and it gets into your you know your love handles and your gut and because the muscle gets where it goes it goes up and around and back and i'm trying to unlock this muscle I think, and I'm thinking this is I, worse. I would rather just be crippled. <laughs> well, no, I shouldn't say that. That's not what I meant. Uh, I, I'd rather just be in pain and take a leave <laughs> until it goes away naturally. But no, no, uh, they're doing this. They're pounding the psoas. And sure enough, it works. And I'm like, what? What? It, I can stand up straight. I walked into that chiropractor's office at, on an angle, unable to stand up straight. And I walked out of there upright. So I thought, okay, I believe it. And then I, that was the end of that. I go back for regular adjustments. Well, then this month, a month ago, I go ahead and do it again. And I go back to the chiropractor. I'm like, I know what I've done. I need the awkward massage. But because I've already had the fear of it taken out of me, uh, it wasn't as bad. You know? And I'll admit that I got bruised. So the first one in these uh, awkward massages, I found uh, a couple of days later, four finger-sized bruises, I guess it was on this side, on on my love handles. And I'm trying, you know, I don't know how you explain that to my wife, except that she knew that I had been and gotten the awkward massage. I said, you know, I just want to point out that these bruises that resemble women's fingertips, they are bruises, and they are from a woman's fingertips. That's what happened. She bruised me as she was giving me the awkward massage. And out of context, that whole sentence just sounds so horrific. <laughs> but, but it's true. So, uh, and then Krisha says, have I seen the special sitting element that you can use at home for psoas? It sure is something. So Krisha, have you had the awkward massage? Have you had the psoas? Because that makes me curious, because Krisha has had the awkward psoas massage. Oh, and now Emmy Award-winning Luke Garrison has tuned in. And here I am talking about the psoas massage. Luke, I'm so sorry. This is, um, <laughs> I went to the chiropractor and they, they beat the Everland crap out of my, uh, my psoas muscles and I got bruised by the lady's fingertips. You can Google all that, uh, the psoas, and see what I'm talking about, but it's basically your hip. So there's a thing. I saw a thing on ad, um, maybe it was on Facebook, for some kind of torture device upon which you lay backwards and it, like, uncracks your back or stretches out your discs, bulging discs, something like that. Maybe that's what Krisha's talking about. Because I know she's been around the block in terms of chiropractic and injuries and dancing and all the things you've done in your acting career. I remember Krisha told me a story one time. I think they were doing, a, if I remember correctly, uh, dear Krisha, you were doing a play at a school. It's one of those ones where like the kids come down. At, it's kind of like a field trip, except the field trip comes to you. It's an assembly. And the actors come in and they do a show an educational show in the gym, and you hurt yourself um, on a piece of scenery or something happened, as I recall, and that's why you have the bad hip flexor and requires very intimate... Well, unfortunately, your your comments cut off at that point. Way to leave me hanging. <laughs> that's a, leave someone hanging on a text or a comment with the word intimate. Ooh. So that's, uh, that's the awkward psoas massage. Now I've gone back. And not just one, but every uh, first week, first two weeks after injuring myself, I had to go back three times a week. So I had six that week, two weeks. Now I'm back to once a week. And I'm like, yep. That's how I found out yesterday or mm, Tuesday that uh, I have a very firm psoas, unlike the rest of my flab. So there you go. Oh, an intimate massage on your hip flexor. Okay. 
Well, that's there we go. I'm sure it was just as awkward. <sighs> so Krisha um, and I know each other from the improv world, and I put a meme out there. It's, I borrowed it from some others. What we did was customize it, and it's a, um, a meme that all of uh, my actor friends and comedian friends and musician friends will understand. During this time... <laughs> of COVID-19 when we're all supposed to stay home and or at least not go to a theater. You can't go to a theater, right? Theaters are still closed. So the message is stay home just like when your performer friends invite you to see their shows. <laughs> when you actually come, when you actually show up to see a, a musician, to see a music recital, to see a ballet show, to see a, an improv show, you are the best we truly love it. We get, we seem to be overexcited, and it might be embarrassing for you if you're an audience member. I mean, I could ask Brad Lovett and his wife Jennifer if they get embarrassed by how gushy I get when they come to a comedy show because I'm that thrilled. When Kira and her boyfriend came to the Gatlinburg Improv Fest, I gushed all over them because I was so excited that somebody had shown up because it's probably like 1% of the people you invite. You know, I mean, I've been, how many Oak Ridge ballets have I been in in the Nutcracker. I've done it for 10 years, at least three or four shows per year, if you count the school shows. So let's just say at least 30 performances of the Nutcracker. My wife has probably come to all of them, almost all of them. My friends have come to maybe two, I can think of two times maybe, where, I mean, Krisha and her family came once. And then I've had, you know what happens more often? When I'm in the, why I'm in a ballet, it seems idiotic that I'm in a ballet. I have no coordination. I have no grace, no skill. But I'm not there to, for that. I'm there to get a laugh. I'm there to fall down and get a laugh. So I'm, anyway, more often than not, someone will come up to me after the ballet that I know and say, I didn't know you were in this show. <laughs> what a surprise. I looked in the program and there you were. Or I didn't know that you did ballet. You know, so people are surprised to see me in it because they, you invite them, they're not coming. So here's my moral of the story. If you want to be a better person now in the post-COVID world, when your friend invites you to the choral society rehearsal or not the rehearsal performance or your friend invites you to their dance recital or your friend invites you to come see them perform at Flying Anvil Theater like Krisha does or Sweet Fanny Adams or Encore Theatrical or, or Oak Ridge Playhouse. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Creative theater here in Pigeon Forge. When your friend invites you to go to the show, try to go. And if you have to and if you can't go, say, I'm sorry, I can't go. What I don't want you to say is, oh, I'll see if I can make it, because that's what everybody else says. Oh, I'll see if I can make it, which is a lie that says, I am not interested. Oh, I'm not interested in your comedy. So just say that. It's all right. Right, Krisha? Right, everybody? I mean, it's okay. You're allowed to not like it. You know who's watching is, if you're still on there, Susan Coburn, or um, is that right? Yeah, Susan Rader Coburn. I've got my names mixed up. Susan Coburn was visiting Knoxville. She lives in, uh, in Maryland. She's a Terp, I think. She's visiting Knoxville, and her friend Michelle Murphy dragged her, <laughs> against her will, I'm sure, to see Krisha and me do an improv show. <laughs> you remember, Krisha, remember the time we did the improv show in the cave, and that poor woman sitting in the back trying to hide from me? Um, we made her come up and do a audience participation bit. Well, that's Susan, who's also watching this Facebook Live show. And Krisha points out that support means more than anything ever. And if you can't afford it, let them know. Please say so. There's always options. Yeah, we get comps sometimes, like for the ballet. I mean, usually I give all my comps to my wife, you know, because at least I know she's going to go. Um, yeah, but there's, there's ways to work things out. We'd rather have you come to the show. We'll figure something out. Um, I've had... Well, and we, Kara, you and I both know... I mean, Krisha, she's sorry. I was trying to say Kara Von Vagel. You and I both know Kara Von Vagel. And she was at, uh, in the cast at Sweet Fanny Adams. Uh, she's been in productions of 9 to 5. She was supposed to be on a show recently that uh, got canceled. I think she was supposed to be in Shrek the Musical. So um, she wanted to come see her friend Tim Coleman and me in the front page Follies. But our show was the same time as one of her shows. So we arranged for her to come to the run-through rehearsal on a Saturday afternoon. There's always options. We'll figure out a way. To, uh, to support each other in that world because that's, that's fun. You know, when I'm out there doing a show and I know someone in the audience, I get excited. I mean, yeah, you play to them a little bit, but to hear that familiar laugh, um, 
it means the world, or best yet, at the end, when you find out that they're still there and they haven't left. <laughs> like, you know, they come up afterward to greet you and they've waited around because you had to change out of your costume or peel off your makeup or whatever it is you had to do in some of these shows. That's a nice feeling. We're in the, the Nutcracker Ballet. We throw up in the curtain and everyone can come up on stage and take photos. And I've had people say, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I'm a, I, don't, I don't want to do that. Please, you can do it. That's why we have it. it. makes us feel good that you're there and we get to share all that with you. <sighs> so while I'm on the jag about uh, theater and musicals, let me briefly mention that I did watch the sequel to Phantom of the Opera. And if you loved it, well, you're, you're a better person than me. I love, love, love Phantom of the Opera. Saw it at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. with my wife. And then uh, saw it multiple times in Los Angeles at uh, probably, I guess, the Pantages Theater, wherever we were. Brought little Megan, my daughter, who's now a grown woman with her kids of her own, to see the Phantom of the Opera when she's like 10. And it was one of those ones where the chandelier came down on a, a rope right in front of us. It was exciting. So Phantom of the Opera, I can watch it. I can, I can watch it and rewatch it and rewatch it. And they showed it on YouTube a couple of weeks ago. It was the, the weekend after Easter with Sierra Bogus and Ramin Karamlu as the Phantom. And they were amazing, fantastic. And how did they get such chemistry? Well, they hadn't done Phantom together. They had, what they had done together was the sequel to Phantom. The first time they acted together was in the sequel called Love Never Dies. So I thought, oh, then it must be great, right? Because Sierra Bogus was in it and Ramin Karamlu was in it. And so they show that on the Andrew Lloyd Webber YouTube channel the following weekend, which was this past weekend. So I'm all excited because here's going to be the Phantom and here's going to be Christine, right? Woohoo! It's the sequel. What happens next? Well, the music is fine. The plot is. I mean, if I tell you, it starts off where the Phantom and Madame Jury and Meg Jury have all moved to Coney Island in Brooklyn. Would that give you a hint as to how terrible it is? If I told you. But the Phantom lived under a Coney Island freak show, you know, with the people with the long fingernails and the, uh, the you know, tattooed lady and the contortionist and all that. Yeah. Would, would that tell you, give you a hint as to how terrible it is? If I told you that the Phantom somehow tricks Christine and her husband Raul and their 10-year-old kid into coming to Brooklyn because they think they're going to sing for Oscar Hammerstein, but they're actually going to sing for the Phantom. And if I tell you that poor Meg Jerry thought she was going to headline the show and now she's going to be upstaged by Christine again, does that give you any hint as to how terrible the plot of the show is? And then, and from that's just the beginning. That's like the first few minutes. And then it goes downhill from there. I mean, I don't want to totally ruin it for you because you might watch it. And I want that shock value to still be there as you, your mouth just drops more and more open. Like, no, no, they no, it's like Tiger King. It's the Tiger King of musicals because it just, you, what? You know, Raul is a drunk? What? He He's lost all their money gambling? What? And that, there's stuff I, I can't, literally will not tell you about the show because it would, I mean, it's, you can figure it out. I figured it out on the way. I start at one point during the show, Jerry and I are watching it and I just start howling at the screen saying, no, oh no, oh no, they're setting us up for, this big reveal and that can't be what's going to happen please don't let that be oh no and then sure enough joe exotic does something stupid i mean uh phantom <laughs> sure and oh so anyway thankfully for you that show is not on youtube for free any longer you have to pay now to watch it and if you're into the andrew lloyd weber musicals as i apparently am I love Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoder. I liked Joseph, loved Jesus Christ Superstar, loved Phantom, hated, because I'm passionate about it. I mean, love, the thin line between love and hate, says Chrissy Hine and the Pretenders. Hated uh, Love Never Dies. Well, this weekend, it's a safe bet. It's just a recital. It's going to be a recital of um, Andrew Lloyd Webber hits. So you're going to have to sit through some of the Cats music. But they'll have Don't Cry For Me Argentina and they'll have something, a music from Love Never Dies. And the music's fine from it. I mean, you can, the music, is, there's a song called Beautiful, something that's in it beautiful. It's, the music is lovely. It's the plot that's terrible. And uh, they'll have Phantom and they'll have the one with the roller skates. Anyone remember 
the name of the the roller skates um, musical that Andrew Lloyd Webber did. Well, that one's in there because I saw the preview. And you can watch that for 48 hours for free on YouTube from 2 o'clock Friday afternoon. And the reason is because that's 7 o'clock England time, and apparently England time is more important. Uh, so 2 o'clock Friday afternoon for 48 hours. You can watch this Andrew Lloyd Webber show. And the whole idea of it, I guess, is to get you to donate to the Actors Fund or maybe buy these musicals on DVD or on you know digital download. And I probably do need to buy that version of Phantom, which was the... Excuse me, I can take a sip of water. Which was the 25th anniversary edition of Phantom. Um, and it was exciting, actually, to see some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, to see how they pulled it together. Really, on just a few days' notice, they got a bunch of people who knew how to do Phantom, and had done it over the 25 years, and they kind of threw them all in. It was like an all-star game. You know, now you all guys have to figure out how to play together. You've all done the parts, but not together. So figure it out. So they had, in the uh, in the chorus, they had a bunch of past Christines and past Megs and past Madame Geary's and past Phantoms, and it was kind of exciting. So I recommend the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical channel, and because I'm bereft of live theatrical entertainment, I would rather go see Krisha in a play. In fact, I've seen you in, I don't know, half a dozen plays maybe, going all the way back to Cactus Flower at Theater Knoxville downtown um, and out at Flying Anvil, a bunch there, like the... Uh, Big Fat Holiday Cabaret and all those other funny ones. Well, because I can't do that, I'm watching these musicals on YouTube. We watched Shrek the Musical on Netflix, which has got some other lady that I didn't know about until Krisha told me about her, Sutton Foster. I mean, I've heard the name, but I didn't realize how good she was until I watched Shrek the Musical. And it's really the, a Sutton Foster star vehicle. She's great. And... Then I was Googling her and saw that in the first production of Mel Brooks' Young Frankenstein, the musical, Sutton Foster did, roll, roll, roll in the hay. Uh, so that's great. I mean, I, I would like to see a, a version of that. I saw a college version of it up in um, Greenville. That's how hungry I was for any Mel Brooks musicals. I mean, who's ever going to do Young Frankenstein or the producers here um, locally? Can I challenge you all? Reggie? Out at Oak Ridge Playhouse, not, he's not watching, but if you tell him, you could tell him. They could do it, you know. You could probably, I bet you that uh, Creative Theater here in Pigeon Forge could muster together a version of Young Frankenstein. You know, it's a fun show. Anyway, and those, those jokes, the Mel Brooks jokes, they're just, they're so corny, and you see some of them you see coming a mile away, but it doesn't matter. It's Mel. I was trying to explain Mel Brooks' Spaceballs to Kira today. If you were watching the Before Podcast show, you might have seen that Kira and I were talking about whatever, and somehow one of you were commenting, asking, is it live or not? At what point in the show are we? Because that was a delay. I mentioned that in real life, it is, what time is it in real life? It is 12.38 in real life. But you might be seeing this at 12.39 or 12.40 because there's a little bit of a delay by the time it gets to Facebook Live. And if certainly if you're listening to the podcasting app, it's can't be now. It has to be either this afternoon or tomorrow or next week because that's how podcasts work. So someone was asking me, you know, at what point are we in the show? Is this live or not? And I started doing the riff. I tried to do the riff from Spaceballs. When does this happen in the movie? <laughs> and it ultimately ends with, you're looking at now, now. When will this, when will then be now? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, and Kira had no idea what I was talking about. I said, well, it's this Mel Brooks movie, Spaceballs. Have you seen it? No. So well, it's a spoof of Star Wars, so maybe you'd get that reference, and she hasn't seen Star Wars either. Now, I know she's young, but she said she spent her youth watching Disney musicals and Titanic and whatever, you know. So maybe she, is she too young? Can you be too young to watch Star Wars? I don't think so, because I've got grandkids who are into Star Wars. Artie play, was R2-D2 or R-T-D2 for Halloween when he was a baby, you know, so his parents, I guess, brought him up right. Um, so that's, that's a thing. So we're going to have to, I have, I have this idea. We have to do one of those reaction videos. You've seen these before, usually where some dad is showing their kid a classic movie for the first time. Well, Kira's boyfriend, David, we need you to show Kira Star Wars for the first time and record her reaction to it so we can all enjoy. Because <laughs> I think she'll like it. How can you not like Star Wars? I'm not talking about the bad ones. I'm talking about the one with... You know, Luke and Leia and the garbage disposal and um, that one. You know, the, the first one, the real, the, first, the real first one. That's episode four. So that's the one I'm talking about. All right. So we're chugging along here on the um, 
after show podcast and I'm checking in on your comments and I do appreciate that. And my wife said, don't give away the uh, ideas for Tiger King, the musical, which I think could happen. You know, I think, uh, I think our friends in the improv world will do it first. I bet you, I bet you a nickel that, um, Lacey and the gang at Nashville improv company do Tiger King, the improvised musical. And the reason I say that is I, I commented on one of their Facebook posts about it. And, um, Lacey's comment was, yes, all exclamations, you know, all caps and exclamations. So I would love to see them do that. Maybe they could do that at the secret city improv fest in October. So Aaron Campbell, if you're still watching, please put Nashville improv on the same night that I'm going to be there. Thank you. <laughs> Cause that's how important I am. <laughs> I, I'm ready. Are you ready for, for all this to be over? By the way, you're listening to the After Show podcast on Mountain Fun Life. It comes up on your podcasting apps as Morning in the Mountains. And the next episodes after this will be, I guess, the ones that came before. So you'll hear alternatingly uh, Kira and me, and you'll hear Jim Johnson, and you'll hear Rich Haley, and you'll hear uh, Joe and Mary Moore during doing their uh, authors podcasts all these different ones turn up as well as the audio from our actual tv shows which you can watch on roku and on youtube or you can watch them live on facebook live so so much of this um covid world has changed us and affected us now i'm hopeful that the restaurants i enjoy will be able to stay in business you know the idea is to go at half capacity and for them to do social distancing. Now, granted, some of these theaters that I know and some of these restaurants I know are never full anyway. So the ones, you know, the ones who have a, a show every night of the year and they've got 200 seats in the theater and they're only ever half full anyway, they'll probably be okay. They can, they can survive assuming that, that those number of people still show up. But if the crowds dwindle down to five or ten people, then, you know, it's going to be a problem. And a lot of the restaurants that I go to, at least when I'm there, are um, not full. I mean, I don't necessarily go. In Pigeon Forge, it might be different. You know, my wife and I got turned away. Where was it we got turned away? Or we could have waited an hour. We were going to see a show at Creative Theater. We were going to see a musical. What was it? Little Shop of Horrors. And we thought we'd stop by Texas Roadhouse and grab some dinner. But the thing about chain restaurants in tourist towns is that's where everybody goes because you go with the known I thought, oh, we should have just gone to the local goat or the Blue Moose or one of the lesser-known restaurants first before dinner, but I had a gift card I wanted to use. So we can't even get in to Texas Roadhouse because this is back in October. There's a line out the door, and people are jammed in there. The restaurant is so packed full. But now you'd only allow half the people in. I guess the wait would be twice as long. You'd have to find someplace else to go, like my wife and I ultimately did. And... Um, I'm, I'm looking forward, I guess, to sitting down in restaurants. Maybe. I don't know. The takeout stuff has been okay. We've done that a lot. We've done takeout Tuesday and takeout Thursday. And this past week, we decided we had coupons um, from a restaurant. But we each had gotten the offer in the email. We had, so Jerry had the same discount that I had, and I had this discount. It was a half off, a burger. But we had to pay separately in order to use the discount, right? So we do that. So we show up. I call and say, are you open? Yes. I said, I want to use the... Thing you emailed me, the coupon. I said, well, you'll have to come in. You can't order over the phone with that. We have to see it and scan it. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But I said, but it's fine. You just, you come in like regular, but then you order and then you leave and you wait in the parking lot and we take care of you. I'm like, well, that seems reasonable, I guess. I mean, they have the plexiglass up. So we go in. They've got the squares on the floor. So Jerry and I, my wife and I can stand six feet apart. Well, here's where it all goes haywire. Is... She's up there first. Ladies first, right? I said, you go up. You order first. I will wait. I will wait back here six feet away. You place your order. Plus, I'll be listening carefully so that I understand <laughs> what I'm supposed to do to get the half-off price on the burger. And she places her order. And now it's to leave. The whole, the whole um, dining room area is closed off. The chairs are upside down on the tables. You can't sit down. If you wanted to, you have to go out to your car. And the guy says to me, I guess it's to her rather, I will bring this burger to you out to the parking lot. What kind of car do you have? And she tells him, and he gets all excited. Now, it's not a fancy car. It's the cheapest, it's one of the, literally one of the least expensive cars they make. You know, I mean, I, I mean I'll tell you, it's a cheap Honda. I like Hondas, but I can't afford a nice Honda, so I had to get the least expensive kind. So that's what I have. So the guy's thrilled. 
like, oh, I just ordered one of those from someplace. I don't know, Georgia. How do, I, how do you buy? I guess he buys cars on the internet. Whatever you do, and they're mailing it to him. Amazon, I don't know, they're mailing him a car, he's they're shipping him a car. And he says, I got a 2016 one of those, and I'm so, and I have questions. So now he's placed my wife's order, and now I'm standing there waiting to order, and he's gone off this whole jag about, he wants to know about the details of the car. What about road noise? I heard that road noise can be a problem. Well, you know, I start chiming in. I say, well, it's an inexpensive car. It's low to the ground. Of course you're going to have road noise. That that comes with the territory. You just got to turn up the radio. <sighs> anyway, so the whole conversation is going on. The guy wants to know details about this car that, that my wife has claimed to own, even though we drove together. And he's getting to the point where he's like, well, when I get my car, maybe we can hang out. I mean, we just met you. You haven't even taken, I mean, I, I, he really, he literally said that. Maybe we can hang out. Like, okay, but I don't think there's a car club for the cheapest of Hondas. I mean, if I had a Mustang, like Kira's fancy boyfriend, then I, there's a Mustang club. I know there's a Corvette club, but what's the one What's the one that Larry Saffles is in? He might be in the Mustang club. Because I announced a lot of parades. So the Camaro club, uh, the Corvette club, whoever it is, they go driving by. And then the Mustang club drives by, and there's so many of them. And you, you actually literally run out of things to say about Mustangs. So... When the Mustang Club is driving by and I'm announcing a parade, that's when I go to my other stories that have nothing to do with Mustangs because I know I've got a good length of time because <laughs> there's like a hundred of them and they're riding four across. It takes forever. Uh, so, <laughs> so Larry Saffles, if you watch this later, thanks. for. for I mean, we're glad you're in the parade, but just know that it's um, you take up a lot of parade time. So <laughs> this guy wants to hang out and make a new car club for the cheapest of Hondas, which doesn't make sense to me at all. But anyway, so he's still talking about this. And finally, I'm trying to get up to the counter so now I can place my order and use the coupon. Well, it's my turn. I get up there. I'm about to order my burger and show my coupon and get it half off. And my wife's burger is already finished, and he's about, he has it. And he's, before he says, wait a minute, i got to take this out to the parking lot. I said, that's my wife's. I'll just take it. So hers was gotten a little, I'm sorry, honey, your burger got a little cold while they were waiting to take my burger order and cook it and do all the things. Then we drove home. And I guess in that car that it was so exotic. But it was okay. I guess I don't mind the carryout, eating it at home. You know, <laughs> what do you care? Does it make any difference to you whether you eat at home or in the restaurant? Is that a thing? Do you, make, do you, know, do you prefer the sit-down restaurant? I, in the past, prior to COVID, have usually voted to sit in the restaurant because then you don't have to clean up, you know? When um, you go to Culver's, which is a chain, I know it's a chain, you're supposed to go to local restaurants and support local businesses, which we do. But when I go to Culver's, they've got the Butterburger Baby Bib. So I will sit there, a grown man, and I will tie the Butterburger Baby Bib around my neck and chin because if a piece of that Butterburger lands on you, it's going to stain because it's so moist and rich and delicious and buttery. So I prefer to wear the Butterburger Baby Bib and mainly, part of the reason I do that is because I can say the words fast. That's really it. It's gotten to the point where I just like saying it, you know, <laughs> that I wear my Butterburger baby bib uh, when I'm eating my Butterburger because it's kind of exciting. But in the, in the past time since COVID, we've supported several local restaurants, including uh, Yassine's Falafel Hut downtown. We went there with Kira, actually, uh, right at the beginning of all the uh, COVIDity. Is that a word yet? Anyone? Has anyone made up the word covidity yet? Because I think we could have that. Uh, a new word. Write that down. Covidity. So in the, it's not the heat, it's the covidity. That, um, that could be a word. Yeah, we could totally do that. Anyway, uh, it was right at the beginning of it. We went to Yassine's, and they still have the dining room open. But now it's time. May 1st is the day. And actually, I think some of the restaurants today, I don't know if they were cheating or not, but I drove past at least one restaurant that said, Today, we're done. Come on in. We're open. So I guess that's allowed. Everyone seems to be interpreting the law in their own way. <laughs> and some of the judges and lawyers and sheriffs around the country are saying, yeah, we're not going to enforce that. We're not going to enforce that one. That's a little too strict. <laughs> so uh, those are things that are happening out there in the world. 
Oh my goodness. And the other thing I'm trying to figure out is do I want to do a Netflix party, which is a, an app or I guess or an extension on your Chrome where you can watch your Netflix or any show, really, I think it works for Prime or Hulu or whatever, uh, at the same time as your friends. So if, for example, this, this might actually work, if we could do it with Star Wars, I don't know if it would work with Star Wars, if I could do that and watch Kira react to Star Wars in real time, I would, I'd sit through it again. Why not? But it also might be fun. You know, my kids have watched some of the same Netflix shows that we have, whether it be Ozark or... Um, I guess, I don't know if they watch Tiger King or not because it's just so crazy. But some of those type of things, you know, it'd be fun to comment. Or certainly if I was watching Andrew Lloyd Webber, Love Never Dies, I would love to have someone else to just scream with me when, when I go, No, they didn't. Really? Oh, come on. Christine. Christine. Stop it, Christine. You know, I would like to have that kind of conversation with somebody <laughs> during the Broadway musicals because – uh, the past couple of nights, my wife and I have been watching operas, which are in Italian. So, you know, I mean, you kind of know what's going on. Like, I'm kind of got one eye on the screen watching the subtitles, the other eye on Wikipedia trying to figure out what's going on. So that's um, that's been a thing. But I think tomorrow, May 1st maybe, they're going to show the 1985 broadcast of Aida, which is in standard definition, but they, they had a vote. They said, which one of these do you want to watch? And it was voted that Aida would be good. And the Aida music, Aida music is fantastic. But it's because it's the farewell performance by Leontine Price, the, the classic opera, and the role title role of Aida was her signature role. So if you want to watch that for free on the Metropolitan Opera's website or on their Roku channel like I do, uh, you go to Met On Demand on the Roku. And don't click uh, free trial. Just click right over to preview or do whatever it is you know, don't need to sign up for the free trial just go right like you're going to watch it and uh, it'll be fine you can check out any of those operas in Italian usually but they also have the, the French and the German and the whatever um, but they're all classic operas that are in the standard repertoire for the most part alright so that might be a thing too to, to do that kind of uh, you know friend watching but I wish um, now Christian maybe if you're still watching maybe you know are there is there any way to see videos of, of local theater productions or is that too much of a, a rights violation like you can't really watch the videos from Oak Ridge Playhouse because they, they would record it for their own personal use you know critiquing and archiving but you know you can't exactly put To Kill a Mockingbird on the internet because you got to pay somebody so that probably won't happen but you can have some fun you know there's a lot on YouTube when you're looking for Broadway musicals, if that's your thing, you know. Oh, a certain theater in town may be doing some watch parties. And I think I know what theater you're talking about. Because I think you may still work there or work there again, if I'm not mistaken. So when that happens, let me know and I'll help you uh, uh, publicize it. Because that would be a good thing. But royalties do make that hard. Well, I know when uh, Knoxville Opera can't show publicly their uh, recorded performances. Jim Johnson, who works here makes an archive of the Knoxville Opera performances, which they can't show publicly. But when they have one of these high-end donor dinners, that's another fun word to say, huh? High-end donor dinner. They sometimes will show, like Tosca. They did this special amazing production of Tosca where they went to the three locations around Knoxville. And they had a party where people paid hundreds of dollars to attend. And they happened to show Tosca for free, quote-unquote. But... Like you pointed out, Christian, royalties make that hard. And even if the opera is in public domain, not just about that. It gets into the musicians' unions that you have to acknowledge or pay or do whatever and all of the above. But, yeah, I would totally go watch uh, the Trailer Park. What was that called? The Trailer Park? Mu uh, uh, well, anyway, there's a funny musical about a trailer park in Florida, and they've done it at Flying Anvil Theater, and they did this, the Christmas sequel, and both of those shows were fantastic. And any of those kind of comedies, I like the comedies. I, the dramas are fine. People love the dramas. Mary's Wedding, lovely show. But I, uh, the comedies are the ones that light me up. You know, a Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, or 9 to 5, that was a good one, or Mamma Mia. How many times have I seen Mamma Mia? I don't know, but I, I'll see it again, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, those kind of things are the ones that I that I truly enjoy. So if you have any of those coming up. All right. 
we're getting to the point where uh, we have to uh, do take care of some business and wrap a few things up. If you're watching us here live on Facebook, as several of you are, thank you. We appreciate that. Liking and sharing is, is value to us. We're trying to grow the Mountain Fun Life channel, and we have over the course of the past year. I've now been here 10 months. And to see the number of likes increase on Facebook in the, the brief time that I've been here, the, the flash of an eye, is gratifying. And especially now, we're all kind of just hanging out and waiting. We're all in this limbo, this stasis, waiting for the things that we're supposed to be covering to reopen. You know, we're supposed to be out every day at one of the attractions. We're supposed to be out, like, right before all this happened, we were, uh, Kira and I were riding the, the Ferris wheel and doing Facebook Live. We, she and Savannah went out to every conceivable thing, you know, the, the Zorb ball and the snow sledding in the summer and the mountain coasters, all the things. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So uh, help us out and help us build up the likes and help tell your friends who are planning a visit to the Smoky Mountains to do check in with us and like the page and share and all those things. And ask us questions because, you know, we're here. So to us, we may take some things for granted like this is closed and that's open. Because we see it every day. We drive by it. But if you've got a question, go ahead and ask, and we'll find out the answer for you. That's what we're here for. So that's number one. Please do like and share us on Facebook. And find our YouTube channel and subscribe to that. And also, if you have Roku, uh, you can add the Roku Mountain Fun Life channel. That's my actual favorite way to watch Mountain Fun Life because you can just sit there on the couch and work your TV remote and it's like we're on regular TV because we're on regular TV. It's just Roku. So that's an amazing thing. Those are the three video options, Facebook Live, YouTube, and Roku, where you can watch what we do here at Mountain Fun Life. We have the audio options, which are the podcasts of all the shows. They take the audio off of all of the video shows and put those on Anchor FM is the main place, but then it uh, disseminates out to most of the podcasting apps. And if we're missing yours, well, I'd like to know. Uh, we can write them a letter. That's how you do it, I think. You know, I, I send an email to iHeartRadio, and they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. What's the RSS feed? And now we're on iHeartRadio. It was remarkably easy. So some of them, like Stitcher, which I think is still owned by the EW Scripps Company, they're a little more <laughs> difficult to get on. Hey, I got to call, maybe I'll send an email to what's-his-face, Adam, uh, to EW Scripps and say, hey, put me on Stitcher. Uh, that'll work. It's all who you know. <laughs> so uh, if we're not on your, your favorite podcasting app and you want us to be, let us know and we'll get working. We'll get cracking on that. And you'll find it's under the uh, title of Morning in the Mountains, but it includes all of these after-show podcasts as well as the actual audio from the shows. And the re why do we have that? Why? What's the point? Well, most people drive to Sevier County. Most people drive to the Smoky Mountains. This is a way for you to consume, if you will, the Mountain Fun Life product without having to watch it. You can just listen in your car as you're driving to the Smoky Mountains. And ideally, we're talking about something that is exciting and interesting to you. So if you're planning a trip, send us a heads up, and we'll, I'll do a whole show based on something that, that uh, you want to hear about as you're driving to see us. So today, being Thursday, I've now wrapped up my uh, after-show podcast. Brad Lovett came in today. He's made a special trip in to do an informative. I might, you know, come on. You know I'm just running my mouth over here. I'm just doing a talk show with you on the uh, on the comments i'm just having fun pretending that i'm a am talk show host <laughs> but in reality brad lovett is going to come on and do an after show i don't know why it's called is it still an after show podcast is it, it's an after podcast podcast whatever anyway it's going to say it's going to have his picture and name behind me on the wall instead of mine so he'll do one and then kira will do the after 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 show podcast all of those things are happening today on Mountain Fun Life. You'll be able to listen to them. You'll be able to watch and interact live with Brad Lovett and then with Kira Cup. And I guarantee you, Kira will get more views and more interaction than I do because she's Kira. Everybody lo It's like everybody loves Raymond. No, everybody, everybody loves Kira. And that's a good thing. So I feel I'm blessed to, uh, to have her involved in the, uh, the ring-dang-doo to be able to, to do a show with her. Uh, and then tomorrow, Rich Haley here for the same thing with the the show at 10 o'clock and the after show podcast afterward. And then we uh, reset and start all over again next week. So thank you so much for watching. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for doing all the things for all of us at Mountain Fun Life, for Kira Cup, for Joe and Mary Moore, 
for Jim Johnson and James Gilley, for Brad Lovett, for Rich Haley, Bob Denny, Savannah Denny, all of us, I and Hannah, of course, who runs all the things. I'm Frank Murphy, and we'll talk to you again next time. And now I'm going to turn off the buttons. Stop recording. <laughs>